Jesus. He is the giver of gifts. And I say this in respect to Jesus as the head of the church and to the Holy Spirit, because you know what? We celebrate your gifts. Yeah, absolutely. We should all celebrate what Jesus has placed in all of yeah. us. That is so incredibly important. And when we get off of that and start looking at flaws and all kinds of things, it's like, oh, dear Jesus, you know. But let's start celebrating who he is. Amen. 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 <laughs> Thank you, sir. You may be seated. Let's give Jesus praise first. Lord Jesus, we praise you. You are the word made flesh. And we give you praise and honor and glory. Hallelujah. Thank you for being the firstborn of many brethren of which we are your brethren. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Say, I am one of the Lord's brethren. Hallelujah. Male and female. <laughs> Open your Bibles to Romans chapter 5, if you would. I'm calling today's message, Love and Giving. It's all about love. Hallelujah. Love and giving. Hallelujah. You know, there was that song, love and marriage, love and marriage. Go together like a horse and carriage. <laughs> That's wrong. I'm just talking about the song, man. Okay, stick with, stay with me. But, but thank you for the, thank you for the tweak. I received. <laughs> Hallelujah! Love and giving, love and giving, go together. <laughs> Romans chapter five, verses one to five. We read this when we first started the service today, because we have a lot to celebrate. We should have a celebrative. Demeanor. We should have a celebrative heart, a celebrative soul, a celebrative mindset. Now, all hell wars against our mind because the devil knows the mind is where the battles take place. The war is in the soul realm, beloved. The battles take place in the mind. <laughs> Glory to God. You know, when you and I have knowledge that, and Paul says, do not be conformed to this world, but be being transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may then, it's not until then, that you can prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. You have no, you have no capability. You and I have no capability to prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God until our minds begin to be renewed with the word of God. And taught by the Holy Ghost. Amen? So let's look at Romans chapter 5. And there's elements today. There's three key elements to what we're going to look at today. And it's, it's love, faith, and giving. But in Romans chapter 5 verse 1, it's, Paul again said, Therefore, having been justified by faith. He's writing this to the church. To, in this case, it was the church at Rome. But, I, you know, the Holy Spirit was just reminding me again today that all the letters in the New Testament were from the love flow of God that was shed abroad in Paul's heart to each church that he planted. Amen. Are you with me? So a lot of the letters, regardless of what city got the letter and what was put in the New Testament for our uh, edification and equipping, 
to good e-words, right? Edify and to equip. That those letters, every city has something, every letter sent to a city has something for you and I for our edification and our equipping. Hallelujah. See, and that's where our, your faith needs to be activated right now in the chair where you're placed and where you've selected to sit. Your faith should be activated. Uh, my faith is working today. I believe that I'm going to be edified by the word of God and equipped to do the work of ministry. Hallelujah. Because the work of ministry isn't just the ministry of helps. The work of ministry is you being that faithful son and ambassador everywhere your foot trots. That's work. Hallelujah. What's the work? It's easy. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So without him, the word, your yoke is hard and the burden heavy. So when things are hard, we need to stop in the name of love. <laughs> Something is off. It's really that simple. Wait a minute. If Jesus' yoke is easy and his burden light, and I'm experiencing hard and heavy, something's, out of, something's not right. So it may not be me, but it could be a satanic operation or attack of the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy. Right? He's trying to get us out of peace. Because if you and I aren't in peace, we're not in faith. Because faith produces peace. Hallelujah. <laughs> Therefore, having been justified, as far as God the Father's concerned, you and I have been justified. Joshua, I need the scripture. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, faith in the full accomplished work of Jesus Christ, Faith in the work of the Savior. Amen? Amen. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access. Say access. We now have access. You have to think about it. In the Old Testament, there were three different distinct places when it came to temple worship. There was the outer court, and that's where the common people would be. Then there was the inner court where certain priestly functions, the priests would stand before the people in God and offer sacrifices on behalf of the people. Then the high priest was the only one that could go into the Holy of Holies where the presence of God was. And there was a veil between the inner court and the Holy of Holies. And when Jesus gave up the ghost and said, it is finished, that veil that was four inches thick, beloved, four inches thick, torn in two. <laughs> ripped by some kind of, well, God's power and his presence, probably some warring angel has said, it is finished. <laughs> now all the common people have access to the Holy of Holies. Yeah. Hallelujah. You and I have access to the Holy of Holies. Justified by faith in his atoning blood. <laughs> Glory to God. None of us deserved it, but aren't you glad he provided it? <laughs> Hallelujah. We have access now. 
by faith into the grace in which we stand. We're sons and daughters of God. Hallelujah. And our posture now uh, and our response to this grace and this justification should be this rejoicing in hope. Hallelujah. That to be absent from the bodies to be with the Lord. I'm a king's kid. That the, Jesus went before me to prepare a place for me and for every one of us. Amen. That's something to be joyful about. Hallelujah. So don't worry about what kind of crib you have here. You're going to have a crib and a half up there. Hallelujah. <laughs> Verse three, he said, not only that, we also glory in tribulations. Tribulations ain't nothing but a thing. Tribulations. And tribulations are the result of the conversion. Tribulations come because of a conversion of the heart. Because the enemy of the soul, the enemy of your soul, the enemy of my soul, hates the, the anointing. He hates the anointed one and his anointing. And guess what? When you and I got saved, the anointed one saved us. Hallelujah. We were born of him and received the Holy Ghost, the anointing. Hallelujah. So by virtue of the new birth, you became an enemy of the, our soul. Hallelujah. He hated us before, but we were kind of like satanic kids. But when you and I got saved, hallelujah, we went from sinner to saint. We went from darkness to light. Hallelujah. We went from citizen of hell to citizen of heaven. Glory to God. Good exchange. Hallelujah. So tribulation, I put it down this. Well, let's finish the verse. Tribulation produces perseverance. Hallelujah. There's good fruit. Perseverance produces character. Say character. Character is important to God. You and I have to remember our life, our words, our actions represent our father. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. Now, all of a sudden, what is it? Because there's a there's a there's a natural unfolding of the DNA that you and I've been born of. You don't have to preach to an apple tree. You're be an apple tree. <laughs> you, know, you don't have to tell a tomato plant, be a tomato plant by faith in Jesus name. It's going to be one. It, it be of that seed. You and I are of that seed. Hallelujah. We've been born of an incorruptible seed. The living abiding word of God. Say living abiding word of God. Hallelujah. Yeah, there you go. Put that, you're putting that word, to, that exhortation to faith. Perseverance, character. Character produces hope. I believe it because God said it. Hallelujah. And because he said it and I believe it, I'm going to take the necessary actions to see that it's so. Because I'm convinced that it is so already. He said, Paul, hope doesn't disappoint because of this. The love of God has been shed abroad, poured out in our hearts, poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Poured out in our hearts. Come on, guys. Just take a moment and go back to your conversion. David, at one point in his career, said, Lord, restore to me the joy of my salvation. 
Because when that occurred, when I really got saved and gave you my, not only my heart, but my life, David, there was such joy. There is a confidence, an assurance, an intimate relationship. Amen. So as believers, we are justified. We have peace with God. We have access into God's grace. We glory in tribulations, even tribulation fruit. Tribulation fruit is perseverance, godly character, godly character and hope. Why should we persevere? Because the love of God that surpasses all understanding, right? The love of God that surpasses all understanding is guarding our heart and mind in Christ Jesus. It says the peace of God in scripture, but peace is the result of the abiding presence of the love of God. Hallelujah. Amen. So love, I want to say this. We don't, there's a lot of things you and I do first nature that we don't even give thought to. There's a lot of things we do in life that we don't even give thought to. They're good habits. And, you know, I, you don't have to, I don't, I don't need to be told to brush my teeth in the morning. It's first one of it's first thing, you know, wake up mouth. Hallelujah. You got a job to do today. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I have to, man, I got to at least to get up. I've got to take that wash rag and that soap, baby. And just, it's not just spraying some water in my face. I just, it just does something to me. Gets, gets me up and alert. It makes me more alert. <laughs> kind of jump starts between the washing of the face. Amen. Freshening and the freshening of the mouth. I'm ready for a coffee, which pollutes what I just did. But anyway, I'm ready for my devotion time. Hallelujah. Amen. And I don't want nothing to mess with it. I'm going to have time pop. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm going to have time with my friend, Holy Spirit, my teacher and my guide. See, the way you and I start thinking, and it changes the, the way we approach the day. I'm going to have some time with my friend, the lover of my soul. The scripture says the shepherd and bishop of my soul. Why, why shouldn't we desire, not desire to have some time with him? Amen. Listen, I, time. If your day is so crazy, just a seed. Give him a seed. Give him the first fruits. Amen. The first fruits of your thoughts, the fir- first fruits of your speaking. I love you, Father. Thank you for this day. It can be that simple. Amen. Read a scripture. Read something, a devotional. Recently, we shared with you, or let me say this. The love of God is what can make a difference in everything you and I do. I want to say it is, I'll say, re, re, rephrase that. The love of God is what makes a difference. It can make a difference, but, but, but the love of God that's been shed abroad, poured out in your heart, makes a difference in everything you say and do. Hallelujah. God's love has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So I, I have a saying. I, didn't, I never heard anyone say this. I don't remember. I, I may have. 
the only one I could think of may have said it could have been probably Brother Copeland or somebody like that. But love needs to be the motive for everything you and I do. And faith is the method by which we execute it and live it. Amen? Love needs to be the motive for everything you and I do. Well, I, yeah, I'm the only one that I remember. <laughs> Hallelujah. But it ain't bad. Amen? <laughs> well, the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun, so I'm just <laughs> When Elijah thought he was the last dude on the planet, God said, yo, dude, I got 7,000 in the ranks. You know, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought. <laughs> Recently, we share with you the financial responsibilities the church was facing, and that being the balance of the first mortgage ballooning in February, right? We gave you pledge forms. We talked about that. And uh, 82000 within before a year is, sounds like a, 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 such a huge amount. Amen? Well, when you have a smaller congregation, uh, it can be. And it's not an amount communicated to be a burden on anybody. But, the, you know, I was thinking of it this morning this way, that that financial goal, it's a goal. And it's a good goal because it's a God goal that this facility would serve the purposes of God debt-free. Hallelujah. And for this purpose, the tithe is not designed for the operation of the building scripturally. The tithe is to help empower the ministry, the ministers, the staff, etc., to be provided for in a credible, decent way. Amen? Not flamboyant, but a worthy way. The Bible says a laborer is worthy of the wage. Amen? So that's a good goal. Someday, you know, Jesus tarries, the baton has to get passed, and there's going to be a different senior set of senior leaders in here. Amen? That doesn't change good news. Good news has a DNA. And when God sends you here, guess what? That DNA begins to be deposited in you by the Spirit of God. And this is so cool when you think about it. Mary, the virgin, the Holy Spirit says, the, the angel says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and overshadow you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. And that holy thing that will be found in you shall be called Jesus. For he will save his people from their sin. In the same way, when the Holy Spirit brings people, that's why people need to be in the right place at the right time. Where has God called me to be? Because there's an anointing in that congregation that God particularly has for each. He, he is so good. We're never in competition with any other congregation. Why? Because we're just a fingerprint. Amen. We're a cell in the whole body of Christ. But we need to be a healthy cell. Amen. So let's get into this. The financial Goliath, this $82,000 need and goal, it's very important that we address it and faith it. It's important that we as a congregation faith it. It's not about looking at your bank account, looking at what you have or what you don't have. It's about your heart and my heart going to God and saying, Father, what can I do to help meet this need? And then letting the Holy Spirit settle it with you. Amen. There, listen, there's no amount too small and there's no amount too large. Hallelujah. If I could write the check for this myself, I'd do it. 
Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Lester Summerall said one time, I remember seeing him on a Christian program, and he said, when I heard this ministry had a need, I didn't have to pray about it because I had the resources. And the Bible says, when it's in your power to do good, do it. Hallelujah. <laughs> Lester said, I just wrote a check. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Because <laughs> it was a worthy cause. Amen. So there's a financial Goliath that some people, it's our perception. Our perception of things can possibly create deception. Amen. We don't have to get in all the whys of how this thing ended up ballooning so quickly. There's a lot of things that have been going on to keep the doors open, the faith, and the stand to keep this, the vision that God's given this house alive. Because the devil does not like the vision of any congregation. But I'll tell you what, where the Holy Ghost is welcomed and the power of God is welcomed and revival is wanted, those congregations that are of that DNA, they're under fire. Hallelujah. But guess what? Goliath is not a bigger, he might be a bigger enemy, but all that means he's a bigger target. target. Hallelujah. So this financial goal, all it is is a bigger target. Hallelujah. It's, we're going to make a statement in the spirit and say, devil, this is God's house. We're God's people. This is God's house and God's will will be done. We are talking with Pastor Nancy Palmer. This, uh, we had a dinner, a lunch with them, her and her associate the other day. And we were talking about it, and their building is 150,000 square feet paid off. Now, it was a huge warehouse years ago when they moved into there, her and her previous husband. They went there in faith. God gave them a vision for a congregation of 14,000. Guess what? We're in the most densely populated state in the nation. Think about it. Amen. 14,000. When I heard that vision, I wasn't like, oh, my God. Yeah, we feel like a pea in the pod compared to you know, our little congregation. No, I was rejoicing like glory to God. If God give you that mantle, you can you pastor that 14,000. Hallelujah. Get it. Glory to God. Souls. You know, amen. Hallelujah. We're not in competition. Glory to God. I still, and we were, we were talking. She said, we know God gave us this building for the harvest that's coming and they're not quitting. They're not shutting their doors. Hallelujah. It's not easy, but they're staying in faith. They're running the course. They're standing and running the race. You know what? As we were talking, and this is why iron sharpens iron. I was like, glory to God. We ain't giving this building up. No, in Jesus name. Hallelujah. And we're not going to let them either. Glory. Arm in arm. There you go. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'll tell you what. Hell's getting nervous when leaders start getting together and congregations start getting together. Galatians 5, 6. Let's turn there with me. Galatians 5, verse 6. <laughs> Man, I just got the joy of God all over me today. Hallelujah. All inside me. <laughs> Galatians 5, 6, Joshua. Paul said this, for in Christ, there's neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything. 
neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything because Judaizers were coming into the church of Galatia. Everywhere Paul went, the people of the old Jewish faith tried to put that yoke back on the church, tried to put it on non-Jewish people that were born again. So Paul's making a statement, hey, circumcision or uncircumcision don't have anything to do with being a chosen one now. Hallelujah. But faith working through love is the fruit. Faith working through love is the evidence of a born-again heart. Let me say it that way. Faith working through love is the evidence of a born-again heart. In the Amplified, it says this, For if we are in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith activated and energized and expressed and working through love. Put the Amplified up there, would you, Josh? For that verse. Ah, hallelujah. I love wearing these shirts. <laughs> I'm so glad we don't have the zoot suits anymore. I mean, there's a time and a place for everything under heaven. There's a time for the coat and tie, but I am so glad to be delivered. For in Christ, Josh, the Amplified. There we go. Let's read it in unison. For if we are in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything, but only faith activated and expressed and working through love. Hallelujah. So I have never said it that way before, but faith working through love is the evidence of a converted heart. Amen. So faith justifies us in all we do. Our obedience to the word, our obedience to Holy Spirit, to our thoughts, our desires, and our actions. Faith justifies us in all we do because faith worketh by love. Amen. Hallelujah. In Scripture, there's, there is what is known as the law of the first. And particularly, it deals with three things as far as God's concerned. And it's in the Old Testament. Please go to Exodus chapter 13. I want you to just show you something. The law of the first. <clears throat> so as we search the Scriptures, we'll get to Exodus chapter 13, please, Joshua. Verse 1. As we search the scriptures, it's apparent that the law of the first, first fruits, is inclusive of everything that God has blessed man with. Josh? Oh, okay. Thank you, sir. We need to Jude 20, that computer. He who prays in tongues edifies himself. Edify that computer there. Glory to God. In Jesus' name. I don't know. 
It's going slow. Okay. Exodus 13.1. Open your Bibles. That's the best way to get it. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Consecrate, set apart to me all the firstborn. Whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and beast, it is mine. Consecrate, set apart the firstborn of the womb and the firstborn of any and every beast. They're not yours. They are mine. Well, that's the Old Testament. I am the Lord who changeth not. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Jesus said, I didn't come to do away with the law. I came to fulfill it. So there's this law of the first that God was putting in motion and in place in the lives of his people. That he was took, he took from Abram, who was a heathen. And he took that heathen and he cut a covenant with him, circumcised him to begin to use him as the father of a new nation, which became Israel, of which we're grafted into. Amen. Amen. So now the law of the first fruits is understood as a type of lease payment to the Lord for his blessing and our use of his earth. Go to Psalm 24. That's just for reflection and remembrance. I think, you know, in life at times, there's so many distractions and voices that try to influence our life. And, of course, the devil capitalizes on that. But as you and I keep a stable focus, no matter what's going on around us. Proverbs 24, verse 1, the king of glory in his kingdom. The earth, Proverbs 24, verse 1. Or, I'm, yeah, I'm saying Proverbs. It's right in front of me. It says P-S-A-L-M. Could you pray for my eyes a minute? Psalm 24, verse 1. Hallelujah. <laughs> the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. Well. Case settled. The earth is the Lord's and all its contents. Beast or human, they're the Lord's. It doesn't mean they're saved, but they're the Lord's. They're of him because he created him. The world and those who dwell therein. So if God says in the law of the first that every firstborn from the womb is mine and every firstborn of the beast is mine, there was reason and purpose for it. It's because it was a sacrifice. And listen, everything that was offered to God had to be sacrificed. Now, there wasn't blood sacrifice for the child, for the children, but for that firstborn, there was a sacri- an animal that had to be sacrificed for its consecration rite. Now, let's go on here. 
God owns it all. Everything and everyone is his. God has chosen the firstborn, the firstling, and the first fruits for himself. God is represented first to humanity by priests and ministers and their service to him. That's how God reveals himself in the earth. He does. It doesn't make ministers or priests any better than anybody else. But he used the priesthood to begin to show how to minister unto God. There was a purpose for the priesthood. And then the Bible says to you and I, remember those of us who've been justified by faith, made new creations. What did John write in Revelation 1? God says, God says, you are a kingdom of priests and kings unto me. Hallelujah. <laughs> you who deserve death, I've given li- I've provided life for if you receive it. Glory to God. And in that life, I went from sinner to saint. Listen, I, you and I had no idea when we got saved that all of a sudden we went from sinner to saint. Hallelujah. Glory to God and king and priest simultaneously. Pow! Glory to God. Shikababa. Born on the inside. Justified by the blood of Christ and made alive unto God. Hallelujah. Sinner to saint. Ha, 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 yeah, glory to God. Exodus chapter 23, the first fruits, Exodus 23, chapter 19. The first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. The first of first fruits. Of your land, you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. You have to understand that the produce of the land was how they, they would uh, have provision for themselves personally, but they would sell it also to be able to have commerce and to buy and sell. God's blessing. They depended, they depended on the produce and the blessing of God on their crops. They depended on the Lord of heaven bringing rain down to water the seed. Hallelujah. They depended on the sun being there to give it the warmth and the, uh, it needed to, for, for the, you know, the gen, for the seed to grow and have increase. The germination. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. So the first, the first of the first fruits of your land shall bring into the house of Lord, your God. Note, God is very specific. The first of the first fruits. He hasn't changed his mind. It's still true today. Amen. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9. Solomon writing this. Oh, it's easy for Solomon to write a pastor. He was the wealthiest man that ever walked the planet. <laughs> Donald Trump don't worry about Trump change or chump change. Trump don't worry about chump change. You and I consider it. Amen. Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter three, verse nine. The word of God says to you and I honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. The first fruit of all your increase. And this will be the result. So your barns, 
will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Hallelujah. Now, motive and method. If I only give to receive, my heart's not quite right. Now, when I give, I need to believe that I receive. But I need my motive to be right because I love him. And I'm made in his image. And it's, you know, Deuteronomy 8.18 says, don't ever forget that it is the Lord that gives you power to get wealth. And its purpose of the wealth is to establish his covenant in the earth. Hallelujah. John Ambanzini, a great teacher of the word of God, and God took him out of the pastorate and sent him all over the planet teaching on uh, kingdom commerce or, and finances. And he said this. He said, beloved, God never has a problem getting finances to you. The problem is, can he get it through you? Amen. Well, remember, I always said this. I said, that's amazing to me. Jesus said, you cannot serve God in money. Some people, their hearts here. Y'all, can you see this? It's not here. It's back here. The tithe is the first of the first fruits of our increase. So let's look at Malachi 3. Not Because we already received your tithe. We're not going to take an offering either today. <laughs> Amen. Because, listen, love wants to see you empowered. Love wants to see you and I successful. God's loving us. He wants you, he, God wants to see you and I truly fulfill what he said to the, in the garden. I want you to be fruitful. I want you to multiply. I want you to replenish. I want you to subdue and have dominion in the earth. Hallelujah. Amen. Not recklessly, but through knowledge and faith and love. Because faith worketh by love. Amen. Malachi chapter 3, verse starting with verse 8, God's having a discourse. And I, I want you to remember that it, the book of Malachi, the four chapters, are primarily directed to leaders. Malachi, yeah, Malachi, the Italian guy. Yo, Malachi, how you doing? Uh, they're directed, the gist and the main, let's say the, the first ones impacted by the prophet Malachi. Or Malachi. I get Malachi. By the prophet Malachi is to the leaders of God first. And there's a lot of correction coming to the leaders because the leaders began to give grudgingly. And whatever Mom Goodwin, dear, precious Mom Goodwin, Carmen Goodwin of the Goodwins of Texas, she said to us, she said, Beloved, be careful who's on top. Because whatever's on top is going to come down. I tell you what, when she said it, it was like, oh, we've got to reassess this deal. Who are we connected with? Yeah, of course, at that time, we were connected with Buddy and Pat Harrison. So we're in good company. Amen. So he says this. 
in verse 8, and read the previous verses. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. Now, he's talking to leaders here first. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? And God's answer is, through the prophet, in tithes and offerings. And God says this through the prophet. You're cursed with a curse for you've robbed me, even this whole nation. As the leadership went, so the people were going. That's why I'm so glad that I'm, I'm, I'm really truly blessed of the leaders in this house. Even if I wasn't here with Pastor Carol, Tim, and Elena, with the gifts of God in them and the grace they carry. But we're also blessed with this whole house and the gift of and grace of God in your lives. You know what? Good news is a good place. And good news is filled with good families. Hallelujah. I'll tell you what. I was just getting so tickled today. Good news, family worship center. It's all right to have family in there. You know what? Because God wants us to be a family within the family. Hallelujah. Well, I'm not going to go there right now. He says, you're cursed with the curse, for you've robbed me, even this whole nation. Now, the word curse is a very interesting word here. In the Hebrew, it means your days are rendered unfortunate. When you and I rob God, or you and I, but when, if anyone, whosoever, if they get into a place like Carol had said, I was saved first, and I heard the principle of tithing, and there was... <laughs> too much money at the end, too much month at the end of the money. And now, God, you want me to tithe? Dear Lord Jesus. And, and I got to live with Carol. <laughs> Let's just be honest here. You know, she's a good Catholic gal. You put, at max, you put five bucks in the, in the basket when it came by. You want me to give a tenth? Okay, I'm the man of the house. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that check out. <laughs> Father, I'm trusting you. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, out, you know, and it was part of the process. She got saved and she's still, because if you're operating from here and not here, if you operate from here, you'll never figure it out. But when you operate from the word and from the heart, that pleases God because that's where faith comes from. Faith doesn't come from our head. It comes from the word and by the, in the spirit. Amen. <laughs> So he says, you're cursed with a curse. Your, your days have been rendered unfortunate because you've robbed me. Then he says this. Here's his counsel, God's counsel, God's instruction, his advice. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And try me now or test me now on this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven. And pour out for you such blessing that there will be not enough room to receive it. Now, let's talk about the windows of heaven here in context with what the way they understood it. If they had drought, they had no increase and they lost their crops and could face famine. I will open the windows of heaven. What does that mean? I'm going to send the rain. I'm going to water your seed. I'm going to make sure it rains. Come on. Hallelujah. That's a little different perspective about the windows of heaven, isn't it? I mean, I, when I think about the windows of heaven, I see this big window open up and God taking the, you know, that gold and just pouring it out. Glory to God. No, but the windows of heaven is his supply. 
Hallelujah. I will assure you that your supply line will not, you'll have no drought. Amen. Hallelujah. Test me, says the Lord. Verse 11. And he said, oh, by the way, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. And I'm going to make sure there's no, no, you know, no pests that are going to come and attack your crops. There ain't going to be no caterpillars, no worms. Nothing's going to touch your crop. Hallelujah. Come on. Now, they didn't have pesticide back then. The pesticide they had was the promise. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Well, <laughs> I said that there's no pesticide back then. The pesticide was the promise. I'll tell you what, there's some critters that have been wanting to get into your crops. And his promise is the pesticide. Hold fast his promise. Keep his promise in our heart and in our mouth. Don't quit. Don't give up. And listen, if you've been doing it alone, wherever two or more agree on anything, get to somebody you can agree with. Stop doing things alone. A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire and wages against all wise judgment. God didn't call you to be alone in this. Amen. So he says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field. I'll make sure your employment continues. If you lose your job, I'll get you a better one. That's what he's saying. You don't have to fear employment. If you're following me and trusting me, I'll make sure the supply line stays connected. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. And all nations will call you blessed. For you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Praise God. Kenneth Copeland said this. And he, he asked the question. He says, he, had, he posed a question in his conference. He says, does God need our money? He, his, his streets are paved with gold. Yeah, they're made of gold. Amen. Translucent gold. You can look through that gold for crying out loud is so pure. What you and I and what down here on the earth we're looking for, you know, yeah, glory to God. Let's get, let's invest in gold mines and all that stuff. And that's what God uses for his roads. It's his asphalt for crying out loud. Amen. Copeland said this. He said, no, God has designed the tithe to spend on our spiritual development through his Ephesians four gifts. The tithe is designed by God. That it's spent for your spiritual development. Woo! Glory to God. Yes. Oh, hallelujah. I'll tell you what. It keeps your ministers equipped and fixed. It gives them the ability not to have to go out secularly. Now, there's no shame in working secularly. Paul the apostle did it. He made tents. So that people could not accuse him of being a charlatan. In 1 Corinthians, he said, hey, I did this out on my own accord. I made tents and labored among you. In second chapter of Corinthians, he says, I did you an injustice by doing so. Because a laborer is truly worthy of his wage. 
And God's people, that's part of that, the reality of the tithe. It empowers the ministry to do what they're supposed to do. Paul, Peter said in Acts chapter 5, he said this, or Acts chapter 6, when there was a, a, a ruckus going on with the Hellenists, the women, the widows that were half Jewish. And, uh, you know, the, the food was going to the Jewish people first, and they were being ignored. And he said, Choose, select from among you seven men of with the Holy, filled with the Holy Ghost and wisdom, that they may care, care for the tables. Amen? Because we must give ourselves to the word and prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, glory to God. I mean, no, let's go on. I'm having fun today. Yeah. So finances are necessary for all the operations of life, for the temporal and natural things that we need and desire on the planet. Right stewardship of finances opens the windows of heaven for spiritual blessings to be poured out and places God to rebuke the devourer on our behalf. Say right stewardship. It's the love of God, saints, in our hearts that moves us to please him with faith. Once again, Galatians 5, 6, be faith working through love. That 82,000, listen, paying off both notes is possible by January. Amen. We're going for the, for the, we're, we're trying to operate in wisdom and stretch our faith. Hallelujah. And it's a good goal. I'm excited because I believe it's already met. I don't know how it's all going to happen, but there's some of the pledges have come in. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Right now with, with the pledges that have been made, we're at 25,000 has come in it's pl- and at least pledged. Hallelujah. All right. Isn't that good? Hallelujah. It ain't that big anymore. That giant only 60 grand. Hallelujah. And that 60 grand glory to God. Give me a sling with the word of God. That smooth stone is the word. My God shall supply all my need according to his riches in glory. Pew, glory to God. <laughs> Amen. Giant, you're coming down. Good news is going forward. And I part of good news. Hallelujah. Tithes. The tithe is given by God's people for the care of the priests in the Old Testament for ministers in the new. Offerings are to be stewarded for the design, the designated purpose received. That's specific. When you give an offering, that offering should be absolutely used for what you are sowing it to. Because there's a certain return and reward that comes with that. It's different than the tithe. God's blessings on us and rebuke of the enemy for us is activated when we're responding in faith to his word and because we love him. Second Corinthians chapter nine. And uh, this is from the Amplified, starting with verse 1. I hope this is blessing you. First, Second Corinthians chapter 9, starting with verse 1, from the Amplified version. But follow along if you have another version. Now, about the offering, 
that is to be made for the saints, God's people in Jerusalem, but in this case, God's people in Barrington. <laughs> it's quite superfluous that, that I should write to you. For I am well acquainted with your willingness, your readiness, and your eagerness to promote it. And I have proudly told about you to the people of Macedonia, saying that Achaia, most of Greece, has been prepared since last year for this contribution. And consequently, your enthusiasm has stimulated the majority of them. Hallelujah. Say stimulated. And listen, even right now, just say, by faith, I'm going to ask you to make a, a, a faith statement. I am stimulated with the love of God and the faith of God to see this goal met. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 3, still I am sending the brethren on to you, lest our pride in you should be made an empty boast in this particular case. And so that you may be all ready, as I told them you would be. Lest if any Macedonian should come with me and find you unprepared for this generosity, we, to say nothing of yourselves, be humiliated for our being so confident in you. That is why I thought it necessary to urge these brethren to go to you before I do and make arrangements in advance for this bountiful promised gift of yours so that it may be ready, not as an extortion wrung out of you, but as a generous and willing gift. Verse six, remember this. He who sows sparingly and grudgingly will also reap sparingly and grudgingly. And he who sows generously that blessings may come to someone will also reap generously and with blessings. Verse 7. Let each one give as he or she has made up her, his or her own mind and purposed in their heart. Not reluctantly or sorrowfully. Or under compulsion. For God loves. Oh he takes pleasure in. <laughs> he prizes above other things. And is unwilling to abandon. Or to do without. A cheerful. Joyous. Prompt to do it giver. Whose heart is in their giving. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo. That's love. Faith working by love. Amen. Say faith. Working by love. <laughs> Hallelujah. I love it. Verse eight and God. Now, listen, listen, this is a promised supernatural, spiritual heaven, heart felt father revealed heart. And God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing. Come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. In other words, God, El Shaddai, your father and our father, El Shaddai is his name and it means God who is more than enough. And he wants you and I to reflect that and experience that. And how do you, how do we do this? 
by taking those baby steps. Hallelujah. Believing his word to start taking baby steps in El Shaddai direction. Amen. (laughs) I want to be like my papa. Having all supply to meet any and every need. Dave Roberson, a great teacher that taught a lot on, on praying in the Holy Ghost. And he also taught on finances. But he said this. Oh, it's great to have God meet your need and meet your, the miracle you need financially. But you know what's better? Being the miracle to help meet somebody's need. See, God's not against you and I having abundance and plenty. He is against plenty and abundance having us. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Boy, it's easy today. You guys really have your hearts ready. Hallelujah. Your faith is activated. Woo. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) Have your way, Lord. In verse 9, he says this in the Amplified. As it is written, he, the benevolent or she, the benevolent person scatters abroad. He gives to the poor his deeds of justice and goodness and kindness and benevolence will go on and endure forever. Hallelujah. Look at verse 10. And God, who provides seed for the sower and bread for eating, will also provide and multiply your resources for sowing and increase the fruits of your righteousness, which manifests itself in active goodness, kindness, and charity. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, one of, the, one of the challenges of being pastors and senior leaders, it doesn't matter, we're on the staff, is that you become acquainted with what people face in your congregation because we're family. And over the years, I cannot be honest with you, there, there were a lot of things I tried to do in my own strength because I felt like in my own home as the father and the guy that had to go out and make the bread and all that stuff, that it, it carried over. Yeah. And for a lot of years, I was, we were trying to do, keep both boats floating, and I felt the responsibility. And I, because of knowing, Paul said it in Corinthians, the importunity, the lack of ability financially, we would try to carry it. And Carol was just sharing with somebody the other day. When we were in Africa, uh, we went on our own, you know, we, we were invited to come, but they, they don't pay your way. Yeah, this congregation supplied the way for us to go and meet. But, yeah, in Europe and in Africa, a lot of those nations, they don't pay. Like, like oh, we really want you to come and make a, a supernatural deposit here. Usually the protocol, and we do it with all the people that we have come in, if we fly them in. We're responsible. We take that response. We want that gift for this house. So we faith that. Amen. We believe for it. We care for their needs. And then believe for an offering as well to send them off and to, to empower them to do what God's called them to do. And you know what? This house has been so generous. It really has. And we were just talking to somebody the other day, and Carol was just sharing that in Africa, the poorest of the poor, they received an offering for us as the speakers 
and for the deposit that the Lord was doing through us. And we said, really, we, we didn't come for an offering. We come to make a difference. We want to be a blessing. And the leader said, oh, no. They need to give. They need to work the word. No, and they've been instructed from the scripture. They need to give. If Jesus commended the widow with the might, these folks that are giving out of their poverty, they will reap. So we were going to school there. You know, compassion was saying, no, you don't have enough. But their leader said, oh, no, they've got a seed. Don't deny them the seed. Amen. So here we're looking at this God who provides seed for the sower and bread for eating with this giant that's staring at us and trying to taunt. We're already taking off some of his body parts. <laughs> Amen. We're down to 60,000 for the need that's still facing. It ain't nothing but a thing for God. Listen, don't think that you can't give to it. Ask the Lord what he would have you give. Now, here's where a lot of times, and I'm not trying to manipulate you in any way, shape, or form. I want to see your faith extended. You go to God and say, Lord, your word says you'll give bread to the seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Lord, I, I'm surviving. You know, we have the house operating and things going there. And I really don't have the increase at the moment. But I'll believe you for increase. And of that increase, I'll plan it into that, to that need. That's how that works. Okay? You with me? Or I'm going to deny myself a little bit here and readjust my budget so I can sow into this need. And then God blesses that seed. He'll bless it. This is what he's saying. Amen? Verse 11. Thus you will be enriched in all things and in every way. So that you can be generous and your generosity as it is administered by us will bring forth thanksgiving to God. Verse 12 says for the service that the ministering of this fund renders does not only fully supply what is lacking to the saints, God's people, but it also overflows in many cries of thanksgiving to God. Because at your standing, say my standing, at your standing of the test of this ministry, they will glorify God for your loyalty and obedience to the gospel of Christ, which you confess, as well as for your generous hearted liberality to them and to all the other needy ones. And they yearn for you while they pray for you because of the surpassing measure of God's grace. His favor and mercy and spiritual blessing, which is shown forth in you. Now, thanks be to God for his gift. Beyond telling his indescribable, inexpressible, free gift. Hallelujah. You are God's voice. And you truly are. One of his financiers. Every one of us are. We're stewards of his grace and his mercy. Amen. Stewards of his supply. And as I was preparing this yesterday, and uh, I had the chance, uh, Carol had the opportunity to go out with the gang for the day. And I really just need, I said, honey, I, I can't. I, I, need, I need to go before God. 
And I sensed this. And it was so refreshing. The Holy Spirit reminded me about this. Buddy Harrison said something to a minister's conference, and he said, listen, if God has given you a congregation of 50, love them. If God has given you a congregation of 100, love them. Then he said 500, and he said 1,000. And I was so refreshed just to say, we love you. And we love your hearts. We care about the things you face. And we couldn't be more proud to have the saints that are here. That's always one of the things we testify to any and all that ask, how's the church? And I said, we got the, one of the greatest groups. And we do. You guys are amazing. And like to quote Bobby Jean, which he said when the Holy Ghost said to her, you ain't seen nothing yet. To him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask. Matter of fact, stand up if you would. I'm going to pronounce Ephesians 3.20 over your life. Father, according to your grace, you can come up with me, honey. According to your grace and your love and your mercy for every person in this room today. To you, Father, who's able to do and desirous to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ask, think, or imagine. According to the power that works in us. To you be glory in Christ Jesus through Christ Jesus forever in our lives, in our experience, in our now and in our future in Jesus mighty name. Holy Spirit, help us as we, I believe Jesus has spoken today through this vessel, but Holy Spirit that you'll teach us and guide us and empower us to be fruitful, to have the increase and to be influential as a result. Amen. To have fruit in every area. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So let it be written. So let it be done. Oh, real quick. Yeah, Carol, was, just remind me there. We had a... Yeah, not just in Africa. This will work at your home. Now, the windows of heaven. They give in Africa, they will give, they will give. No, but, you know, Lester Summerall would go to the Philippines when they would receive an offering. He didn't know what he was going to do with it. They gave him a bunch of chickens, all these things. And he thought, what am I going to do with this? Like, I need it. I need it. Finances. You know, I have to get back home. And all and and just different things, but you know he sold the chickens, yeah. got his finances, things like this. But what happened with um, um, who at our house? At our house. So I, I just kind of got was getting a little bit upset about this. One summer we had a really really bad drought, like it rained like it did like right now, and then all of a sudden, bam, a drought. Wow. 
And I just thought and we we've, had invested in we've been investing, like for caring lawn. for the lawn, having a, a landscaper come out and fertilizing and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden there was a, a, a restriction from the township yeah. that said you couldn't, you know, or you, and fined. or you would get fined. And it's like, oh, my gosh. And there goes our grass. We're watching it turn brown and all this stuff. And I don't know if you're like me, but I like green grass. I like that. I don't like weeds in our lawn. No weeds in our lawn. If I see a weed, I'm like, Ray, there's a weed in our lawn, you know. (laughs) And it's like, all right, I'll take care of it, honey, you know. But, you know, and if I keep seeing more weeds and more weeds, Ray, there's something wrong with the I like green grass. And our, we had this drought, and all of our lawns were turning brown. So when it turns brown, what comes up in it? Weeds come up in it. And so I just got to a place where it was just like, wow. So um, we heard a testimony. We heard a testimony. Happened what happened in Africa on 700 Club, I did that day. And I went, if it works in Africa, it can work here. And God cares about our lawn because this house is his house and it's used for his glory. And God cares about this lawn and what we've invested in. And I went to him and I said, Lord, you care about this house and this lawn. And I said, and I'm asking you to send a rain cloud and rain on the front of my property. And... That was it. It was a done deal. And I thanked him for it. And I said, and I thank you. And I started rejoicing. This joy came up and I started thanking him for it. Well, that's in the morning. And so as time went on in the afternoon, I looked outside and I'm like, huh? And I look out there and it is raining this beautiful rain on our property. I quick called my neighbor. I wanted a witness. I called my neighbor, Nancy, in the court, who was a Christian, and I said, Nancy, look out your front door. Well, I, I, I forgot this. I talked to her after I, you know, asked the Lord for the rain and all, and I told her, I said, Nancy, it's going to rain. And she said, and I said, it's going to rain on my well, property. And she said, if it does, send it over my way, like kidding and I laughing kind of joking. I said, no, it's going to rain on my property. And so when it started raining, I gave her a call and I said, Nancy, look at your front door. And she went, oh my God. She said, can you send it over? I said, nope, you ask him for it. It's staying right here. And I just went, and, and then it just rained real nice, real steady. And then it just stopped. Wow. And I went, wow. But here's the thing. I went like this. I went, this is true. This is honest to God's truth. I went, wait, Lord, you didn't rain on the back of my property. And you didn't rain on the other side of the property. And I said, how come? He said, well, you only ask for the front. This is honest to God's truth. True story. It's going to go in our book. And listen, when you put your heart to something and you, you... your yes. heart, your heart to heart and communication with the father. Yes. He just showed me he cares, yes. but every, but he said, watch over your word. That's right. Cause what you ask, I'll grant. Yeah. But if you're stingy and you're asking because of poverty mentality, mm-hmm. that's all you'll get. That's right. But if you want to stretch it, make sure he can get it through you too. Amen. Okay. 
It's the heart, <laughs> the matter of the heart. That's what it's all about. Amen. Amen. Well, let's give him praise, shall we? Lord, we believe we receive the things you ask, and every promise is yes and amen in Christ Jesus. God bless you. We love you. Enjoy your week. Your world. Lost what he brought me in all his love.